Live from the non-Connecticut part of New England, it's yet another Monday edition of Business Pants where I'm joined by nobody, just as Mother Nature always truly intended in today's ESG hoodie called March 20th, 2023. Sexy story update and, oh, who am I kidding? Bank failure. Bank bailout palooza. UBS gobbles up chewy and oversalty credit suisse. New York Community Bank eats Signature Bank's sad pickleless lunch and some leftover SVB crumbs. Let's get to it. Come on. Bank bailout palooza. Let's start at the top with the big one. UBS munches on Credit Suisse. UBS agreed to take over rival bank Credit Suisse for just over $3 billion Sunday. Designated as one of the world's 30 systemically important banks, Credit Suisse is the biggest casualty of the financial turmoil triggered by central banks as they tighten monetary policy to rein in inflation. While concerns about further contagion are sure to persist, the sale to UBS avoids a disorderly collapse. According to the chair at UBS, Colm Kelleher, He says, let us be clear, as far as Credit Suisse is concerned, this is an emergency rescue. Combe will remain as chair after the transaction. Let's get to some of the history here first. Before the global financial crisis, which Credit Suisse survived without a bailout, unlike many of its peers, the Swiss lender had more than $1 trillion in assets. But after years of scandal-ridden decay, they've dwindled to about $580 billion, roughly half of the size of UBS. But the real story here is nothing new. Credit Suisse had become a bank synonymous with failure, or at least scandal, or apologies, or actually all three. The failure comes last, I guess. Scandals plus apologies, eventually equals failure. In this case, for Credit Suisse, that's the formula. According to the founder and managing partner of Broad Creek Capital, here's the quote, in Zurich, we've had a ringside seat to the spectacular fiasco in slow motion. We've watched the bank lurch from scandal to scandal for so long that it's hard to recall all of them at this point. So let's recap. In recent years, The bank suffered a revolving door of senior management, board directors, with each leadership change putting more pressure on performance. The stock has tumbled more than 95% from its pre-financial crisis peak. And as we know, what good can possibly come from this unusual and frantic focus on the short term, on short-term results, on scandal busting? It's all a disaster especially when nobody really knows who's in charge. It's impossible to keep your finger on. Let's talk about some of those scandals that we have 
joked about many times on this show. Business pants. Here we go. In 2015, a fraud perpetrated by a private banker who had no clients and no banking experience before joining Credit Suisse was exposed. A soft-spoken Frenchman started surreptitiously dipping into a wealthy client's account, using the money to try to win back losses for other customers. The deceptions were shockingly simple. He would cut out the signature from a document, paste it on trade orders, and photocopy them. And there were red flags along the way, including verbal warnings and written cautions by supervisors in 2008, 2011, and twice in 2013 for breaching compliance policies. And yet, Credit Suisse failed to stop him. He was convicted of fraud in 2018 and took his own life in 2020. According to an independent investigation commissioned by FINMA, the Swiss banking regulator, as long as the money was flowing, the bank indulged the bad behavior. Although it did stop short of concluding that the bank knew of the fraud, I can't quite figure out the math on that one. Other scandals. In 2019, a long festering feud between then-CEO Tijan Tiam and Iqbal Khan, who ran wealth management and had his sights set on one day leading Credit Suisse, broke out into the open at a dinner in a wealthy suburb on Lake Zurich. What started over a disparaging remark by Khan about TM's garden evolved into a lurid corporate scandal, shattering the company's reputation for discretion and exposing a culture in which personal vanities outweighed ethical and legal boundaries. A few weeks after the dinner party, Khan was passed over for promotion and then he quit. When he later accepted a job at UBS, the move caused concern in Credit Suisse's top ranks that he might poach key personnel. A private security firm was hired to monitor his activities, but was discovered by Khan in an incident that led to a physical altercation. Although the bank rushed to dismiss the embarrassing incident, it was soon revealed that it was not unique. After then-CEO Tiam, who was in charge of the spying, was forced out in 2020, the chair at the time blamed a deterioration in terms of trust, reputation, and credibility among all of Credit Suisse's stakeholders. As part of an investigation prompted by the Khan episode, the Swiss banking regulator in 2021 uncovered five additional cases of surveillance from 2016 to 2019, the toxic atmosphere at the top contributed to damaging operational missteps. And finally, two other side notes here from Credit Suisse. In 2021, Credit Suisse's trading desk was informed that its biggest client wouldn't be able to pay the more than $2 billion it owed the next day. That figure turned out to eventually grow to about $6 billion. And executives were already under fire for failing to protect the bank and wealthy clients from the collapse of a $10 billion suite of funds. So there was just a lot of nightmarish episodes going on at Credit Suisse. So what does our data tell us about Credit Suisse, our board sabermetrics data? Well, again, keep an eye on scandals and apologies. While we make a point to routinely joke about corporate scandals and apologies here on this show, Business Pants, we do it for a reason. Well, two reasons, really. 
Executives fighting at Swiss dinner parties is funny to us. That's the first reason. But also, it is a clear indication of mismanagement, both at the executive and board levels. What else does our data tell us? The Credit Suisse board has undergone an incredible amount of refreshment over the past five to ten years. You can see that Credit Suisse attempted to throw women at the problem, as major corporations often do in times of scandal. You often see women hired to clean up the mess. At Credit Suisse, four female directors have been appointed over the past two years alone. And really, it's hard to blame shareholders here. They were rightly kind of pissed off when the scandals broke, starting to vote against a lot of directors. And then so many executives stepped down and so many directors left. And what were they supposed to think, really? How were they supposed to vote on these new directors? It was a bit of scandal fatigue, really. It was a... there they go again kind of moments. So again, the takeaway, and this is really the only thing that you can learn about this scandal. It's from us. It's from our data. It's from how we report on corporations. If we at Business Pants make fun of a company enough over a long period of time, like Credit Suisse, recognize it for what it is, a long-term risk, Okay. This is the true heart of so much of the good and fun ESG data. It is to point out long-term operational risks. And what greater than constant apologies, constant scandals, constant management and director turnover. Before we move on to the next bank Bailout Palooza story. I got to mention this great article from Business Insider called Credit Suisse Rescue, the biggest winners and losers from UBS's historic deal. Here's what they say. They say the losers, Credit Suisse, the winners, UBS. Now, how about that? Come on. Give it up for Business Insider. That is amazing analysis. Incredible. I love this. Let's move on. The next bank takeover palooza, New York Community Bank Corps has taken over Signature Bank and assumed most of its deposits. This was announced yesterday by the FDIC. New York Community Bank Corp subsidiary Flagstar Bank will operate Signature Bank's 40 branches starting today. For those of you who have been following our shows here at Business Pants, We talked about a lot last week how one of Signature Bank's board members was former Representative Barney Frank out of Massachusetts, one of the architects of the Dodd-Frank bank regulations. Barney Frank told Bloomberg he thinks regulators in New York singled out Signature Bank, shutting it down to send a message to get people away from crypto. The New York Department of Financial Services rejected the claim, saying it shut the bank down because, quote, it failed to provide reliable and consistent data, creating a significant crisis of confidence in the bank's leadership. We will keep our eye on everything going on at Flagstar as it takes over Signature Bank. What our data shows is interesting. New York Community Bank is basically a democracy, according to our influencer data. Only two directors with more than 10% influence, led by lead director Hanid Daya with 17% influence and CEO Thomas Kanjemi with 14%. Now, Flagstar, on the other hand, had a concentrated amount of influence in the hands of very few directors. But 
Blackstar does not technically exist anymore. It is a subsidiary of New York Community Bank, so we can't continue to track how that subsidiary manages itself. But the initial news based on our data is that unlike Signature Bank, where two men controlled the almost the entire influence of the board, the board at New York Community Bank feels like a democracy, especially compared to Signature Bank. And finally, some leftover crumbs about everybody's favorite bank collapse at Silicon Valley Bank. One article suggesting that the board was bickering. SVB board bickering wasted crucial time before the collapse. According to the report, the numbers presented by the CFO to the SVB board were far too pessimistic, so the SVB board asked the CFO to come back with some slightly more optimistic numbers. And while that was going on, while they were waiting for the new numbers, the bank essentially collapsed. So this article is essentially blaming the board for dithering around too much. Here's the important takeaway from the article. The author says this will only further scrutiny on SVB's board, which included people with serious financial experience like Mary Miller, a former Treasury official under Barack Obama's administration, and Tom King, who ran Barclays Investment Bank. Here's why I mention this. Here's why our data is exciting to people like me and hopefully uh, all of you listeners who have very fat checkbooks who want to buy this data. Here's information that only we can provide. While it's good of the author of that report to point out Mary Miller and Tom King and wonder how the board could fail with people like Miller and King with such serious financial experience, our data provides a deeper portrait of Miller and King, and that is that they each had only 6% of board influence. Six of the 10 other directors held more influence than King and Miller. So it's not just about who is on your board. It's also about the specific experiences they bring and how much influence they might have in that boardroom. Again, this is data available from us in our product board, Sabermetrics. Reach out if you want to get your hands on it. And finally, Senator Bernie Sanders said he plans to introduce a measure that would prevent big bank executives from serving on the boards of the regional Federal Reserve banks that oversee them. Here's the quote. One of the most absurd aspects of the Silicon Valley bank failure is that its CEO, Greg Becker, was a director of the same body in charge of regulating it, the San Francisco Fed. Bernie said, I'll be introducing a bill to end this conflict of interest by banning big bank CEOs from serving on Fed boards. Unbelievable, right? Greg Becker, CEO there at Silicon Valley Bank, also sat on the board of the San Francisco Fed the body in charge of regulating it. So not only did he lobby to reduce regulations, but he oversaw himself. This is the dude who immediately jetted uh, with first-class tickets over to Hawaii to hide in his Hawaii townhouse. Greg Becker, congratulations. That's it. That's enough. Tomorrow on the show, Corporate Theater, Wednesday, we'll get back at it. Matt will be back. We'll dive a lot deeper into the numbers on some of these banks. Hopefully we can unearth some gems from Board Saber Metrics about Credit Suisse, about UBS, about all of this. But for now, that's enough for you, okay? Just if you're feeling lonely, if you feel like you need more information, download some of our older episodes and listen to them, okay? But don't bug me. 
that's just not going to make me feel good. And I'm very sensitive.